The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit up the guys on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. NCAA tournament starts today for the baseballers. Game one out of the box today here in Charlottesville. The host, Virginia, the number seven national seed against the Army Black Knights. And it is our great pleasure now to be joined by Alex Funderburg, the assistant athletic director for communications at the Army. Alex, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing great. Great to be on. It's an honor to have you, sir. I really appreciate you being on with us, and I'm eager, uh, as I know our Sooner fans are too, to learn more about this baseball team. Why don't you just tell us kind of in general the story of this season so far for Army? Yeah, no, this season's been a fun one. Um, in non-conference, we went to Arkansas, played them really tough, was was leading late, um, but unfortunately we, we ended up falling to them. Um and got the conference play and kind of did what we've done the last five years. We've won the Patriot League five years in a row, went 21-4. and four. Um, And obviously, we're not talking about like an SEC or Big 12-level conference, but 21-4 and four against anybody I feel like is really impressive. You know, I'm excited to see the offensive firepower of this team. You look at the numbers – that they put up this year, including kind of there in the championship to win the Patriot League, it's pretty eye-popping. Quite an offense that the Army will be rolling out, it looks like, this weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, Army Army bangs. That's what I like to say. (laughs) (laughs) These guys guys know how to hit. They're really fun to watch. They're also not afraid to steal some bags if they get on base, um, which makes makes for a very entertaining brand of baseball. I mean, our championship series, we won 20-5 to five and then 21-6 to six against the two-seed in our conference. So, um, these guys can hit. It's led by Kevin DeBrule. I mean, he's hitting 4-11. Um, he's one of the toughest players to strike out. He's only struck out 11 times this season. Um, he has 18 walks on top of that. Like, he's, he's, he's the tone setter for the team, I would say. I, I'm eager to see Russ. I believe it's Friedrich. Uh, yep. big dude, six foot four power hitter that can just mash for you guys. Yep. So he set the, the program record for career home runs. Um, he, he mashes the ball. Feels like every time he's at the plate, there's a chance that he's going to send one, uh, like four fifty. <laughs> um, who's, who's throwing today? Uh, it's probably gonna be Robbie Buecher. Um, I haven't been told that like a hundred percent, but just going off gut instinct, I would assume Robbie Buecher. Um, he's a crafty guy. Really excited to see what he's going to do. Um, two eight four ERA this year. Went five and three. Um, really solid pitcher. How, how has the pitching staff been in general? 
I would definitely say um, we're definitely more of an offensive team, but when we need to, the pitchers can shut it down. Um, but we, we definitely are a team that leans on our offense. Lost uh, lost a key. Was Tanner Gresham, I believe, was one of your – maybe your ace that went down midway through the year. Yeah, so he went down in the Navy series, um, unfortunately. But he was he was dominant. I mean, Patriot League pitcher of the year, despite missing the last, like, two or three weeks of the season. Um, so I think that just goes to show you how dominant he was. You know, this is uh, uh, somewhat – uh, ironic, or maybe it's coincidental, the last time OU played a regional here in Charlottesville, Army was here as well. Uh, they ended up, the two schools played each other at, at one point. So it's great to uh, to be back again. You know, we at Oklahoma have run into the Air Force quite a few times in recent years. In baseball, we've played those guys. Uh, but not you since that Charlottesville regional back in uh, uh, 2012. What are the challenges of a, of the daily life for an Army baseball player, maybe as compared to your normal student somewhere else in the country? Yeah, so actually, fun fact, I was at that regional against Oklahoma uh, oh, wow. as, a young, as a young 12-year-old. Um, my dad is a Western <laughs> grad, so... Um, working here is always a dream, but um, the daily life of our cadet athletes is something that um, is really inspiring because most, for most student athletes, like baseball practice might be like the hardest part of their day or the most mentally taxing part of the day. This is our guys like easiest part of the day. Like they want to get to practice. Like that's their break. Um, they are, they are always on go. Um, whether it's in classes or military training, there, there's always something. Um, like, they're up at 5, 6 in the morning um, and getting ready for breakfast formation then going straight to class. And then they're in class until baseball practice starts about, like, 3.30 usually. Um, and then right after that, they're back studying, back in class. And um, it's really inspiring to see that these guys work so hard and are still able to play really quality baseball. When they are here, for example, at a regional, do they get a break from most of that, or are there, are there still some extracurricular activities that they'll be tending to in addition to playing in the NCAA tournament here? So right now they're kind of on break just because the school year's over. Um, but, like, our seniors right after this will um, – head out to officer basic course. Um, and then after that, they'll head to their um, respective duty stations. Um, so these, ne- these next couple days are a nice little break for them. Year one, I believe, for uh, your head coach, Chris Traz. Tell us about him. Yeah, so he was actually an assistant here in 09 um, and then left to go coach, be the head coach at Marist. Um, he's an awesome guy. Um, someone who's easy to root for. Um, he's kind of he's one of the smartest baseball minds I've ever talked to personally. Um, he just and he, he's someone who understands um, the academy's mission. Um, our mission isn't necessarily to uh, like be churning out MLB talent. Our mission is to produce future leaders of America. Um, if MLB talent comes along with that, then cool. But that's not the main. Um, goal here and he's someone who who gets it how far are we from west point 
We are a seven and a half hour bus drive. Oh, that's farther than I thought. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Do you think you'll have, I would imagine wherever you go, you're going to have a contingent of Army fans, but will you have a nice crowd to support you today? We're hoping so. We have a lot of uh, military folks in the area, Um, a ton of West Pointers up in the D.C. area. That's only like three hours away. So we're hoping to have a good crowd there today. Do you have a feel for kind of what the path to victory looks like for you against this UVA team? I mean, they're awfully good. You know, they, they're really good. Um, I would definitely say we got to hit. If, if we're hitting, I think we'll be able to be all right. Um, if, if Kevin DeBrule's doing what Kevin DeBrule does, we're going to have a shot in any game against anybody. Um, but it's definitely going to be through our offense, I feel like. You know, I was talking to one of the OU coaches yesterday while you guys were doing uh, – you were having practice on the field. And uh, he said to me, I can promise you this, no matter what the environment for Virginia is like tomorrow here in Virginia, those Army guys will not be intimidated at all. <laughs> yeah. So this is that's, this is nothing. This is a baseball game. Exactly. That's something that continues to impress me with these guys is the baseball stuff, this stuff comes easy to them. Like nothing, nothing will scare them. Um, they're built for any kind of moment. So pressure on a baseball field is easy for them. You're not going to see a team that's out there rattled um, that might be too scared at the moment. Um, they they know what they're doing, and um, not, nothing's gonna nothing's gonna spook them. Well, it is uh, always impressive whenever we uh, cross paths with any of the armed forces. We were very disappointed in Soonerland that the football game at West Point got canceled a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, it, w- it took place during the, the COVID situation, and we mm-hmm. were supposed to have a road game at West Point, and I think it is one of the most anticipated road games for OU fans in a long, long, long time just to get to see you know, what West Point is like and, and all about. So hopefully that'll get put back on the books so that at some point we can see, because anybody who's been up there just goes on and on about how, how cool it is. Yeah, it's a it's a magical place. Uh, it's my favorite place on earth. Um, just going there every summer as a kid and for games in the fall and now to get to work here, it, it's, a, it's definitely a dream come true. And I encourage any Oklahoma fan, even if you guys don't make the return trip, just come up here for a game. Um, It is the best place on earth. Well, uh, we'll be rooting for you today, Alex. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Good luck to your guys this weekend, and then obviously on into the future, wherever that may take them. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Good luck today. Hopefully we meet tomorrow in the winner's bracket. That'd be fabulous. Thanks, bud. Yep. Talk to you later. Alex Funderburg, Assistant Athletic Director for Communications for the Army. Uh, another thing that we were talking about yesterday, TJ, is whether it's the Army or Air Force, I don't think we've played – have we played the Navy in anything that you can remember in recent years? I don't think Not so. Not recently that I remember, no. There's always a little bit of – I guess awkward's the best word. You know, when you're playing 
anybody else, not just your rival, but anybody else, there can be an element of cheering against them or maybe for some people some trash talk or some heckling. or right. That's sports, right? Mm-hmm. Giving, the, giving the opponent a hard time. You really can't do that to the armed forces. <laughs> no. The, the like military they, schools are a little different. No matter how bad you want to beat them in a sport, like, you don't want to heckle the Army. You know, because we're still on the same team. Same you team, know? still rooting for their success, still backing them 100%. Uh, like everybody's and, and, on their team and has their back. Yeah, and, I get what you're saying. just filled with respect. Absolutely, like, yeah. Uh, you can't, like, you may want, if you're a Virginia fan, you want your baseball team to beat their baseball team today, but there is zero part of you that thinks those dudes are pretty special, you know? Like, when they walk in, when the national anthem takes place today, you know what it's like when the Air Force walks out for the national yes. anthem at Mitchell mm-hmm. Park. It's amazing. Chills, man. Yeah, it's amazing. Chills. And so there's like there's zero part of your body that wants to root against them or heckle them or <laughs> boo them or anything. If anything, you're like, you cheer them. Like, hey, man, good line drive. I'm sorry it got caught. We still very much want you to, to you know, defend our country. Thank you very much. Good job. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think Virginia's probably – I don't know. I don't know how often they play the Army up here. You said seven and a half hours. That surprised me. I didn't realize we were that far, but I bet they come across the Army up here from time to time. All right, break time. When we come back, we head to Tulsa or maybe Stillwater. We're going to talk to Adam Hildebrandt, voice of the Golden Eagles. They get the Cowboys tonight in their opening game. A lot of people consider ORU the best four seed in the tournament. We'll talk to our buddy Adam next. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Welcome back to Charlottesville. We'll get back to uh, talking about this regional in a bit, but what a fascinating matchup tonight at O'Braid Stadium in Stillwater. Kind of saw this one coming, didn't we? OSU and ORU, the Golden Eagles come in red hot, and we join now by their play-by-play voice, Adam Hildebrandt, uh, who is in quite the quandary tonight. These are his two schools going head-to-head, so split loyalties tonight. Good morning, Adam. How are you? Good morning, Toby. I'm I'm pretty good. Uh, it, it takes a special person to want to listen to fight song music at seven fifteen in the morning, but that's why we have sports radio, right? So that's you know I'm I'm good, and and you're right. We did kind of see this coming, which in some ways is why it was kind of a disappointment. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we're you know, excited to be over here, and and so far we've had success. No bright stadium, so hope to keep that rolling. Yeah, it was either uh, Stillwater or Fayetteville, right? Kind of inevitable. Probably one or the other. Oh, were you disappointed uh, that they were a four seed considering how they finished the season? Did you think there was a chance they'd be a three? I really did. And and I know that our you know the Summit League RPI is not good. And then I'm not making any excuses for that. But I, I think if I, I don't know, you know, how much the committee really looked into what this particular ORU baseball squad has done. I, I think the easy thing is to is to say, oh, ORU, they won the Summit League again, they're a four seed, we'll stick it with the closest regional. 
Um, but this, this squad has been really, really good. And, and it, it, in a lot of ways, I feel kind of validated because you might remember when we spoke the last time before uh, Oklahoma came to Tulsa, I said, hey, they're, they're good at pitching. They can run. They can hit. They can hit for power and average, and they're good at defense. And you're like, well, that's kind of everything. I was like, wow, that is. And I kind of sound high and mighty <laughs> saying that, but it turned, it turned out to be accurate. I was, I was glad that they validated my comment because this is a really well-rounded and good squad. So, it, you know, I, I really, truly believe they have a, a chance to come in here to Stillwater and, and win this regional and get it done. Well, Sooner fans, if you haven't been paying attention, listen to this. When, when OU – Played ORU in Tulsa. That was April the 4th, okay? That is, we are two days away from that being two months ago. (laughs) They have lost once since that night. They have won 18 in a row and 26 of their last 27. And in that time span, have beaten OSU twice. So... Why, Adam, what has happened here in the second half of the season that has allowed ORU to catch fire like this? It, it's, it's all kind of come together, uh, but it, it really starts with the starting pitching. Uh, Team ERA is in the top five in the country now, uh, and, and every day, day in and day out, whether it be on the weekends or in the midweek with Joshua Carvalho, those starters have gone out there and run out five to seven innings of, of two or three runs or, or oftentimes less allowed, uh, and then handed it to a bullpen that's really good on the back end. Uh, Caleb Isaacs and Dalton Patton have really emerged as kind of the, the middle-inning guys. Jacob Widener, uh, who you guys have seen before, that big lefty, has really turned it on. I think his uh, average against is down to like 160 now. And then Kate Denton is an All-American closer. So the, the pitching has been really good. The defense has been phenomenal. We had a, a home run rivalry at home against Oklahoma State. I think the Golden Eagle outfielders have, have robbed a total of six on the year now. But the guy that robbed the one against Oklahoma State to keep it a two-run game is currently playing second base for the most part. And, and that's the kind of athleticism we're seeing on this team. And then the offense has just kept rolling. Jonah Cox has hit streaks up to 41 games. It's tied for the sixth longest in, in wow. Division One baseball history. Uh, and he was, a, you know, one of the national leaders in hits. So uh, there's there's been a little bit of everything, but you know, Ryan Fulmer always talks about you know splitting the, the season into three different twenty game segments, and you want to be playing your best baseball at the end of the year, and that's what this team has done. They've exemplified that. At Jonah Cox hitting four twenty two with a forty one game hit streak. That's uh, I mean we're getting up near DiMaggio range right now. That's impressive. Um, I would imagine with uh, the opponent tonight, you've got to be carrying in. I mean, Oklahoma State's good, obviously, really good. But these guys got to be carrying some confidence in with them tonight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, 2-0 this year, but I think it's now 16 of the last 21 also against Oklahoma <laughs> State and, and, and a winning record all time against the Cowboys. So uh, it's, it is it is nice to know that it's not a situation where this team is going to come in and be intimidated. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination. It's a very confident squad. I, I think they truly believe they are a better team than Oklahoma State. And, and yes, uh, you know, regionals are very different than, than Tuesday night games. Uh, but, you know, we in the game in Tulsa, we saw Oklahoma State Sunday starter. Uh, and, and by the same token, they've not seen our weekend starters. So uh, it, it's still a pretty level playing field. Uh, and, and I do think that this team is riding with a lot of confidence right now coming here to a place where they've only known success. I mean, they're, they're 2-0 and at O'Brate Stadium, and the other game that we tried to play here, it got rained out in a tie after five innings or in the middle of the fifth inning. So 
they, they, they know success here. They're in a comfortable spot. And, uh, you know, that, that, that hopefully will lead to some, some good baseball. Jacob Hall tonight for you guys? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be Jacob Hall. Uh, really, really good all year. Good breaking ball stuff, which uh, will be helpful against this kind of, you know, the power hitting of this Oklahoma State team. Uh, and, and he has been, uh, you know, again, quality starts all year long. He's, he's not been uh, perfect as of late, certainly. There, he's gotten touched up a couple of times. But generally speaking, when he's gotten touched up, it's been because of contact. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. I think he's still at only like 10 or 11 walks on the season among the nation's leaders in strikeout-to-walk ratio and walks allowed. So in a situation like this, you don't want to be putting guys on base. And, you know, Oklahoma State's offense does not need any help scoring runs. So uh, to have him going and, and knowing that he's going to be around the strike zone, uh, you know, sometimes that can be dangerous, especially against a team that hits the ball well. But uh, you don't want to help him out and give him any free passes. So he, he's the guy tonight. Um, what do you think of the Stillwater Regional as a whole and, and ORU's chances of getting out of it? Uh, boy, it's really good. <laughs> Uh, it, it's kind of, in some ways, it's, it's not as exciting because these of the four teams, they've already played seven games against each other this year because ORU had DBU three times and OSU twice, and then Oklahoma State played DBU two more times. So they're all very familiar with each other, all very talented. Uh, but I, I do think that uh, the, the Golden Eagles have a good chance to get out of the regional. I'm, I'm, I'm not predicting a, you know, a win by, by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, it's four really good teams. I mean, uh, Washington was uh, in the running to host for a long time this year. So uh, four very, very talented squads, and, and uh, you're, you're going to have to play close to mistake-free baseball, and, and that's why I have a lot of confidence in the Silver U squad because they don't put a lot of guys on on the mound. They play very, very sound defense and at times elite defense. Uh, and, and those two things kind of travel with you wherever you go. And so hopefully that gives ORU a good shot. Forgive me, I probably should know the answer to this, but when was the last time ORU advanced in, a, in an uh, NCAA tournament? 2006. Uh, they won. It, it was interesting. They won the Fayetteville Regional, but I mm. think Oklahoma State was actually the one seed in that regional. Uh, why it was over there, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, you know that was that was the last time they they won a regional and went to the supers. And then the time before that, uh, they actually didn't have supers at that point. They won their regional and got to the World Series in '78. Now, I will also say the last time ORU won 18 consecutive games was in 1978 with that College World Series team. So ah. there's some 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 of those little sports parallels that we all like to dig into are are there between this team and that team. So you know, hopes are high. Oh, it should be fun tonight, 6 o'clock, OSU-ORU in Stillwater. Maybe maybe the most anticipated 1-4 showdown on the opening day of the NCAA tournament. Adam Hildebrandt will be on the call tonight for ORU. Adam, good luck. Have a great call, and uh, hope you have a great weekend over there. Thanks, Toby. Enjoy your time out west, or east, I guess. You're out there. Ah, we're somewhere. Yeah, we're somewhere, north, yeah. south. It's somewhere. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. See you, man. Later. All right, Adam Hildebrandt, can't wait for that one tonight. How about that? 18 in a row, 26 of the last 27 over the last two months. And in that streak, it includes two wins over Oklahoma State. One of those in O'Braid Stadium. See if they can get him again tonight. Skip Johnson live here in Charlottesville next. 
The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. 835 here, 735 where you are. Halftime of the T-Row in the morning show. Skip Johnson uh, will join us live here in just a bit. He'll be by, uh, if not this segment, soon. Um, So a couple of things. One, TJ, major news yesterday, the SEC approving the eight-game schedule, eight-game conference schedule for the 2024 season. So the opening year of SEC play for OU in Texas, there will be eight conference games, not nine. And we will know soon who they're going to play in year one. Was it like June 14th, I believe? Yeah, primetime special, I guess, televised, a schedule release for the nice. uh, 2024 season, which is cool, but that was that's, I think that surprised me more than anything. Obviously, we knew it was either going to be eight or nine, so that wasn't shocking when they came out with the eight. It was disappointing for me because I was uh, for the other format. But like from then to drop, uh, and we're going to let you know the schedule. We've, we've, we've had difficulty for months coming up with an eight-game or nine-game conference schedule. We just couldn't decide. But yeah. now that we have, in two weeks, we'll have the entire season ready for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was surprising because that seems extremely early for a schedule release. But A year and a half out. But bring it on, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I wonder why. I, I, I guess it's... I guess they want us to have anticipation. I don't know. It it does seem like it's early. Uh, what do we usually – I mean, we usually don't find out until one season ends, right, what the next one's going to look like? Yeah, typically with the Big 12, um, we find out on August 15th when the season starts, you know, uh, September 1st, somewhere in there. So, mm. no, it's not – it's a little further out than that, but it's it's not a year and a half. It's not a, even a full year, I don't think. So, if my math is right – OU's got to go find two opponents now because I think they only have Temple and Tulane on the docket for non-con in 2024. I think, and now they, now they right, need right, two right. more, mm-hmm. which that could be tricky uh, two years out to go find two opponents. Um, maybe not. Maybe – Maybe well, I think OSU's some... already called and volunteered to be one of those. TJ, do I need to hit the Mike Gundy sounder again for you? <laughs> it ain't happening, okay? I know. I, know. I didn't. Uh, why you keep talking about it? It ain't happening. No, uh, but maybe there will be a Big Twelve team out there though. That like, yeah, yeah, we'll play again. I don't know. Maybe we don't want that. Maybe I I, I saw a graphic yesterday that just blew me away. I mean, it didn't surprise me necessarily, but it was like. Um, Number of teams in each conference that played at least 10 Power 5 opponents last year. Okay, so of their 12 regular season games, at least 10 of them were Power 5 opponents. Okay, so this didn't include any type of bowl game or anything. No. Okay. And I think the Big 12 was 11 of 14 of the teams that are going to be in it this year. 11 of 14 they were the second most. I want to say the Big Ten was like 13 of 14. Anyway, the SEC was two 
only two SEC teams played at least 10 Power 5 opponents. So they were either playing SEC games or nobodies, basically. Which is just, I mean, maybe I'll understand it once we're in that conference and, and it's just a bloodbath every week and you're like, God, we need a break. Somebody call the Citadel. You know, I, I don't know. It just seems so weak. It seems weak, and you don't know if Saban's telling the truth in saying we can't get those teams to play us or if it is what you're saying. They look at it and say, gosh, we just got to have a break and have a rum dum in here. Yeah. So Well, was, I can understand with Alabama – if you are at, you know, uh, East Popcorn State saying, I don't want to get our whole team beat up, we've still got to go try to win our conference. But that shouldn't be the case for Kentucky and Vanderbilt and Missouri no, and, you know, Arkansas and all these other places. So it's just – it seems like they intentionally schedule as weak as possible for the most part. Not everybody, but for the most part in the non-con. That being said, OU's got Temple and Tulane on the schedule next year right now. So hopefully they can go land at least one attractive non-conference game. I don't think it has to be Penn State. That would be awesome, but somebody that is a Power 5 opponent that, you know, is worthwhile so that all four of their non-cons aren't. But that'll whoever it is, it'll be completely overshadowed on June 14th by this first SEC schedule. And then our minds will start to uh, dream for a year and a half. Who are you hoping? So, obviously, it's a 1-7 situation now. Everybody gets one natural rivalry, seven rotating uh, opponents. So, the assumption, obviously, is Texas will be OU's natural rivalry. And four other road games, maybe. Maybe it'll be three. Maybe it'll be four. Let's say it's four. What are your What are your four? The road games you would hope for? Yeah. Well, gosh, I would want to make the road games as easy as possible. So give me all oh, the that's big the boys way at are. home. You right? just want it to be easy. <laughs> right. You're not like, hey, it'd be fun give to me go the, see the Grove. Give me Bama, Georgia, Tennessee, and LSU at home, and then I'll take Missouri and Kentucky and South Carolina on the road. So... Um, yeah, what do you care? It's not like you're going. I'm talking about ease of game and how you perceive uh, the game. So, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this soft. is the difference between the two of I'm us. I'm soft. TJ wants is easy. And Toby's wanting environment because he'll be there. I'm wanting what's yes. the easiest road game to win. <laughs> well, you're at, you're inviting Georgia and Alabama to come, come to Norman in the LSU. Senior. Come on, Tennessee. Let's go. Um, four. Coolest road environments to go well, to. Well, obviously, if there could be a night game, um, Baton Rouge. Yes. Um, going to Georgia would be cool. Mm. Um, I mean, the others, you've kind of experienced some of those. Um, How about the swamp? The swamp would be cool. That appear to, appeal yeah, to you? That does appeal to me. I mean, any of it. About, like, all of it sounds so great. Anything but Missouri. I don't want Missouri to show up on the schedule. I don't home away. I don't want to see them on the schedule. So um, they do I nothing for you. They huh? do nothing for me. Uh, Arkansas, I think, could what be cool A&M? either way because I think you could build a rivalry there. Yeah. Uh, that kind of replaces OSU as your second behind Texas. A and M. Been there, done that. But if it happens, I don't have a problem with it. But. You know, it's something we've experienced numerous times. Right. So. It would be fun to not have road games at A&M or Missouri since we have exactly, been there before. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So any at of the others really I'm one. open for, you know. 
I'm with you with LSU. I'm trying to make this somewhat balanced and not just pick out. So LSU, let's say uh, Ole Miss. That would be so very cool. People talk about the Grove all mm-hmm. the time. You yes. can see that, and it's not like you know one of the top-level teams, theoretically. Uh, Florida, so you can go to the Swamp. And I need another one not quite top-tier. Playing Beamer at South Carolina or Mississippi State in a year that they'll probably do a lot of stuff for Leach would probably be cool. I don't know how they'll recognize him this year, but I'm sure well, they will. Well, it's not this year. It's two years from oh, now. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. God, jumping ahead. Get it straight. Well, I'm trying to start it now, okay? I'm trying to get Arkansas? there now. How about Arkansas? Yeah, like I said, that would be cool. Yeah, no, I think Is that, that will build LSU, a rivalry Arkansas, there. Arkansas, Florida, Ole Miss on the road. Works for me. For year one. Mm-hmm. And one of those is drivable. L- listen to how great any of those options sound, though. That's what I'm saying. I don't have I mean, a it doesn't sound it. any different to me than TCU, no, Iowa get State, West Virginia. Get out of here. It's the same. It's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be amazing. So it's a primetime special on June 14th? Yeah, and someone just texted in saying they thought it was just the teams being announced, not the dates. But this says in this this – uh, this article right here, SEC will announce the full 2024 schedule. So I'm assuming that means dates, too, but maybe it doesn't. I don't need to know dates. I don't need dates. I just want yeah. to know who I'm playing at home and who I'm yeah, playing away. Yeah, I, I guess that's fine. Who are the eight teams that OU will play in year one of the uh, SEC? I, it is weak. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm coming in guns a-blazing at you, Southeast Conference. Paul Feinbaum, Dari Noka. Step one of us being involved, you guys have taken the weak road. Uh, for as much as you thump your chest and you howl about how it just means more, the first decision they've made, TJ, is the sissy decision It's here. the one that really nobody wanted. I mean, somebody wanted it. They voted for well, it. With, um, okay, outside uh, fans did not want this. So no. that is what I meant by that. Fans I and think, most media. I think OU and Texas should have kept their mouths shut. And for the most part, I think OU did, but Texas didn't about their desires to play nine. Because I think a lot of them said, oh, yeah, new guys want nine, then we're playing eight. No, 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 we're not letting them get their way. So I'm not impressed. SEC, you have not impressed me yet, okay, with your decision-making. Weak sauce. This is not the way we roll here at the University of Oklahoma. If this is the way it's going to be, we want out, okay? Hey, and, and while we're at it, give me that weak road schedule, please. Uh, okay, never mind. Sorry, I'm looking at text. Uh, break time. Skip Johnson coming up soon. We got East Carolina and Virginia guests coming up as well. We'll be back. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. T-Row in the morning show this hour brought to you by Black Thunder Roofing, locally operated in Norman and Edmond, serving the whole metro area, Shawnee, Yukon, Mustang, Black Thunder Roofing, your local roofer, and Angie List Superior Service Award winner four times, four times, four times, four times. Black Thunder Roofing can do it all. BlackThunderRoofing.com, 405-473-8028. We all right with the text line or is Coach there? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Why is Starkville called Stark Vegas? I don't know. We'll find out when we get there, Tej. Maybe uh, there's slot machines on no, uh, all the it's, corners. I've uh, they've done a story on this on I think it was game day. I think it was because SEC fans made fun of them 
basically saying your small town, you ring cowbells. And then they started calling them Start Vegas as a shot. And Mississippi State, I think, turned it around on everyone and turned it into a massive marketing campaign and something positive for them. Something along those lines. Maybe an Alabama fans called them that or something, and they flipped it on them. Something to do with that. One of the interesting things about that conference is very few of the schools are in metropolitan areas. Right, right. There's almost all of them. You have to fly somewhere and you know, bus a ways to get there. <laughs> so I, it, but the whole town is, unlike Norman, the whole town supports the university enthusiastically. It's a shot at you again, Norman. <laughs> get your act together. Uh, how confident are you that OU's permanent opponent will be? Hey, Texas? do you have a game tonight? By the way, at uh, six o'clock, you got to do a big tournament in town at no, six o'clock no. tonight when the OU. What about no, Saturday at two pants. when the softball no, no, team? I don't playing. have a tournament this weekend. Okay. No smarty pants. Okay. Uh, maybe they'll get one. There are games no tonight in Norman, but our team's not playing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, how confident are you at OU's permanent opponent uh, being Texas? I read an article speculating Texas A&M will be Texas's uh, opponent. Then where does that leave OU? Welcome to the SEC and your permanent opponent, Mizzou. I am somewhere in the neighborhood of 100% confident that OU's permanent opponent will be Texas. There's absolutely no way. The the talk of Texas and Texas A&M was if you had um, the three uh, opponents, and it was going to be Texas, or it was going to be OU and Texas A&M and someone else for for Texas. It's a 100% chance that in this scenario and the way that's lined out that Texas and OU are playing. In fact, they just re-upped. Uh, their contract, didn't they? Yeah. With well, the Cotton Bowl. They or they're just about, did, to? They're about to. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it's, yeah, it's 100% that it's it's Texas. Um, so, I don't have any worries See, in that. See, the thing that is, uh, you know, with an eight-team conference schedule that will be uh, awkward for OU in Texas is they're going to have one fewer home game if this continues. One of them will have a fewer one fewer home game than everybody else every year. So, you know, everybody else except for Georgia and Florida, I guess. Everybody else will play four home, four away. OU, Texas, and Georgia, Florida will play three home, four away, one neutral every other year. Four home, three away, one neutral. So, just, I mean – and it's, I guess one year it'll be an advantage because you only have three road games, and one year it'll be a disadvantage because you only have three home games. Mm-hmm. I think they'll change it to nine. I think I think it'll get changed, but we'll see. Uh, perhaps it's eight games in order to accommodate future expansion beyond OU and Texas, question mark? No, I don't think so. I think that part of it is uh, lack of guts. Part of it is... <laughs> If we're going to play nine games, we want to be paid more money, and I'm not sure ESPN is willing to up what they're already paying them, which is billions of dollars. And part of it is um, they've already got non-conference games on the books, and they would have to back out of some of those non-conference games in 2024 if uh, they were going to go to it right now. So all of that combined, I think, mostly just unwilling to put your big boy pants on, I think is the reasoning. You need to get over the Missouri hate. Going to be our second rival. 
I don't think it, it's any hate. It's just like it's boring, like no interest. Yeah, there's no appeal there. Yeah, I do think we'll end up playing them a lot and everything because they're relatively close on you know on this side of the conference and everything. But um, uh, we'll see them. Coach is here. Hi, Coach. It's it's near the top of the hour. Do you want to? You can put that on if you want right now. We can talk. Let's let's talk through this on the air. Let's let's make this decision on the air here. Skip Johnson, TJ, say hi to Skip. Good morning, Coach. Up, TJ, how are you? I'm good. Can you Does it feel okay? weird that I'm talking to you right now while wearing a shirt with your face on it? I don't know why you'd be wearing a shirt with my face no, on. I've it. got you. I've got you on my t-shirt today. I'm ready to go oh, for tonight. Good. Yeah, thank you. Dan, it's the Danny and Denton shirt, That's right? right. And That's Skip, right. we trust. Uh, okay, so uh, Coach, it is 8:57 in the Eastern Time Zone right now. We got like two minutes till the top of the hour. Uh, we can cut. We can do this at 9:35, or we can do it out of the top of the hour break. We can come right back, and we can we can tell the uh, ECU dude he has to wait till later in the show. It's up to you. We can wait. I mean, it doesn't matter. Me. Are you are you busy? Treat the, people the way you want to be treated. I'm not busy. Okay, so you want to do it at 9:35 then? You That's can fine. enjoy your coffee and read the newspaper, <laughs> or do a little scouting or something like that. I mean, it took us 45 minutes to get the coffee shop. It was one mile away. You walked down to Starbucks? No. We drove 45 minutes. Why did it take so long? I mean, the traffic in here is horrendous. Oh, really? Yeah. You should. No walked. wonder why everybody's moving to Oklahoma. <laughs> you it's only a mile away. Why didn't you walk? You're a big walker. I know. I didn't want to uh, do a gratitude walk today. Oh, okay. I, I don't know why I didn't walk. All right. All right. So 935. That sounds good. I okay. don't want to. I want to be. I want to treat people the way you want to be treated. Okay. Well, I just want. I want to treat yeah. you the way I. W- you would no, want to be treated. I mean, You're I the got, most you, important person on this show today. No, I'm not either. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. So, uh, if, but if you're fine with that, that's what we'll do. No, we're good. Uh, you, you told the guy nine, whatever. Then we'll do it after. Okay, nine thirty-five. Skip All Johnson. Right, join us live. You enjoy that coffee, Coach. It took you long enough to get it. I want you to take your time and enjoy it. All right, top of the hour break. Scott Rogers, play-by-play voice of East Carolina, coming up next. 